Welcome to the Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more. All right, graduates, thank you for the invitation to speak. I am honored, humbled, and absolutely terrified to speak tonight. But I want you to know that I love your class so much that there is no way that I could have declined the opportunity. So when I was asked to speak, I thought about it for a second, and I said, what the heck? (laughs) When I reflect on our time together, I am thankful that we are part of a community that values and facilitates the building of relationships. Out of a graduating class of 131 students, there are only 18 of you who I didn't have the opportunity to teach. I wish that I could have gotten to know each of you better. We weathered COVID together and school completely changed for a while. We didn't even know what each other's faces looked like for the first several months of chemistry. We all missed so many smiles and celebrations and hugs. A group of you had to endure a year or more of online school to be here today. Others spent time without traveling back to their native countries to visit their families. We cannot thank you enough for the sacrifice that you made for your Darlington education. The majority of us started our time at the upper school together. We navigated the newness of a different environment at the same time. In the 10th grade, you came to office hours because you needed chemistry help, and you still pop by for a visit, even though you don't need a thing. I love that. Some of us were reunited for AP Environmental Science, and I was able to see how much you had grown. We had some fun times in advisory. Some of you, Molly, had so much fun that you stayed with me for three whole years. You guys allowed me to see your angst over choosing the right colleges, but you also allowed me to celebrate your acceptances and your scholarship offers. I have been privy to your promposal plans and your dress choices. You have shared heartbreak over lost friendships and significant others. The trust that each of you gave me by choosing to share your life with me is invaluable. It has been an absolute privilege. Thank you. So I want to tell you about my most memorable college experience. It seems befitting in light of you all looking towards your next adventure. I feel a little nervous to share it, so please try to reserve judgment until the end of the story. All right. This guy, Jonathan, and I (laughs) took a class together called Aquatic Coleoptern Biology. It was in our last semester of college. It was just the two of us in a class that I can only describe as catching beetle babies in roadside puddles. We went early on Saturday mornings, found a water source, donned our waders, and did our best to collect beetle larvae. That was the entire premise of the class. Y'all, college is the coolest. (laughs) During our first meeting, Dr. Barman showed us a single picture of the Agabus disintegratus larva. He told us to go find it in some water. Jonathan and I scouted for ideal spots, and then on a freezing Saturday morning in January, we put on our warmest clothes, drove to what we thought was the best spot, and started collecting. Now remember, we had seen a single image of what we were supposed to collect. This was 2001-ish, so cell phones were only phones. There was no internet access, no texting, no maps, no snap. We were working entirely on memory, 
with vague instructions about what the larva needed to look like. So we had been collecting for about 30 minutes and I decided that I needed to move to a different area. I took a step into this area in mud, but I prefer to call it quicksand, swallowed my foot. I managed to recover and pull out my foot, but during that very graceful maneuver, my waders ripped from knee to knee. I was in waist deep water with a strong current in freezing weather and my waders were flooded and impossibly heavy. So my adrenaline immediately kicked in and I managed to get out of the water and scramble up a steep embankment. Jonathan grabbed all of our samples, we headed back to the car. I have never been so cold in my entire life, but I took comfort in knowing that we had collected a ton of beetles for Dr. Barman. He was gonna be so proud. By the time we met for class on Monday, I had warmed up and I found the situation pretty funny. As we relayed the story of what Dr. Barman later called my baptism into research, he laughed until he cried. And then he broke the news to us that not a single vial contained the intended larva. We had failed. Dr. Barman knew what he was doing though. He showed us the picture again and we identified the samples that we brought and noted the differences between the collected specimens and the intended ones. We discussed the ideal water conditions. We went out again and found one single larva amongst all of the other incorrect samples. We worked through the classification exercises a second time. And only then did Dr. Barman share the location of his favorite sampling spot. Armed with this new information, Jonathan and I managed to get a sample set of larvae in the first instar. This is the first stage after hatching from their eggs. They were so tiny and so dramatically different from the giant dragonfly nymphs we brought to him the first day. No one at this point had found a large enough sample set to conduct a study, so Dr. Barman decided that we should conduct the research. He began working with us, teaching us how to draw pictures of the larvae and to write about them in case we wanted to try to publish our work. Jonathan and I won a research award from our institution, and both of us felt so proud to have learned so much and contributed to a body of research. If I had quit after that first negative experience, I would have missed out on such a valuable learning opportunity. I think about Dr. Barman's teaching style often. He knew that failure was an absolute certainty that first day. I would even argue that he intentionally structured the class in that way. He was wise enough to know that confusion is often a step in the process of learning and that failure is a powerful tool if it's handled correctly. Also, I'm sorry if you were expecting a different type of college story. <laughs> so throughout my life, I've always been taught that we should constantly be working on our weaknesses and that we should be trying to make them stronger. Human nature leads us to believe that our strengths are fixed and unchanging, but that our weaknesses are malleable. I'd like to offer a counter view. We all have a limited amount of energy to spend on personal development, and your strengths are where the most growth is possible. If we focus the majority of our energy on our weaknesses, we'll experience growth, but not nearly as much growth as when we choose to cultivate our strengths. So I wanna challenge you to focus your energy on building your strengths. Now, graduates, you're all sitting there wondering, what are my strengths? Well, the first thing I want you to do to think of those is think about what you love and what brings you joy, the things that make you feel like a rock star. 
Your strengths are the things that are fundamental to who you are and how you interact with the world. So I want to pause and give you a really awkward moment to think about what those strengths might be. I see some, some positive looks on some faces. I see some looks that I expected. I expect if I asked you what your strengths were, some of you would say, I can't think of anything. If this is you, I encourage you to do a little crowdsourcing and ask the people who know you best. Many of those people are sitting right here in Morris Chapel tonight because they care about you and they have a vested interest in seeing you thrive. Parents, if your graduate does not start this conversation with you, I challenge you to start the conversation with them. Telling your children the strength that you see in them is so powerful. So I want to mention a few strengths that I've had the joy of seeing shine in my time in this community. And I will try to make eye contact with you, but Claire Mathern, you have the ability to laser focus on a task or a goal and work tirelessly until it's accomplished. Ellie and Annika, you guys are brave and you work so hard to help people understand that every person deserves to be accepted for exactly who they are. Ebika, you take ownership of your choices. That takes a level of maturity that is not common for an 18-year-old. Sarah, you have spent almost as much time in Kawamara as the science teachers. You have the strength of curiosity. Allison, you are calm, cool, and collected, and you lend order to stressful situations. G, you are committed. You have never used an injury as a reason to quit anything. Noah and Noah, it's been fun to see you guys find your strength and your passion for helping other people. Lataja, you stand up for others who you think are suffering injustice. Davis, you are direct and communicate so clearly. It is such a refreshing change from the way many of us try to dance around difficult topics. Walker, you are always six steps ahead of everybody else with a plan. Gus, you are wonderful at finding balance. You're athletic and bright, and you have an artistic streak. I really loved your Gus's green beans ornament in chemistry. Cindy, you are a gifted artist with a very unique perspective. Colin, you lend a calm vibe when everybody else is flipping out, even though I'm pretty sure your internal dialogue matches the chaos outside. Emma and Michelle, you are always willing to help people, and I know that you have helped so many chemistry students work through their confusion. Charlie Shaw, thank you for your kindness and protection. So it wasn't enough for me to think of things. I wanted to ask some other faculty. So here are what some of the other faculty members have to say. Manny, Ms. Everhart said that, you, that your strength is showing up for the people that you care about. Ms. Inman said, Claire Cow is a gifted dancer and has worked very hard to continue to develop these skills. Mide is unafraid to step out of his comfort zone and try something new. Coach Ava. 
Sophie, Mr. Shorey spoke about your ability to show up and work hard, even when you have every right to be exhausted from back-to-back -back sports. You aren't afraid to take on a challenge, even when success is not guaranteed. Mr. Hudson said that he wished he was as mature and socially delightful as Ravenna. Miss Cookoff said, Logan Wu, you always come to class with a positive attitude and a smile. Coach Hunt said, Bowden is a wonderful team player and a great supporter of his teammates. He has been a great asset to our school and our athletic program. Wesley has an astute awareness of the human condition and an innate ability to create a playlist for any occasion. That was Miss Holst. Mr. Shorey also said, Jen has worked hard to become the best goalie she could. She went from being our most improved player last season to our most valuable player this season. Ryan, Mr. Evans said, you're a genuine and consistent friend to your peers. And because of that, you are like a father to all of us. <laughs> Were I to have another hour to speak, I could have shared something about all 131 of you, because each of you has a strength. Since we don't have the luxury of unlimited time, come and ask me, or another faculty member, what we see as your strength. I really want to encourage you to live a life that honors and fosters your strengths, because your strengths are the things that will drive you to be resilient. Parents. I want you to reflect on your children's first tentative steps on their cute little chubby feet. As a parent myself, I feel really confident that this is something that's etched in your memories. It's so easy to forget in that moment that a child's first step is the collective result of months, a lifetime even, of failure. Imagine how asinine it would be to see a baby try to stand, fall, and then decide that they, would, they had failed and they would never walk. It doesn't happen. Tragedy and failure are inevitable. There are so many opportunities for failure ahead. Classes, relationships, jobs, driving, fashion, jokes that aren't really funny. But the thing that will define you, that will shape you the most, is your ability to rise up and try again. Resilience is an innate strength that we all possess. It seems that we're born with it. But you must commit to do the work needed for growth. You can choose to let your failures be just a painful memory, or you can choose to allow your failures to be the catalyst for something greater. In essence, what I'm telling you is to be a baby, but in a good way. My hope for each of you is that you will be mindful of the power of your unique strengths, that you will work to improve them, that you will lean into confusion and you will not allow it to be your destination, and that you will choose to stand up again and again and again in the face of failure. Class of 2023, you're a force. You are wise, you are kind, you are bright and I cannot wait to see all of the ways that you will continue to impact our world. I'm so thankful for our time together and my heart is full of memories and pride for you. 
and all of the things that you accomplish. I love y'all. Congratulations. The Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, is a collaboration between the communication, advancement, and IT teams, and the intro music is alumni produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at www.darlingtonschool.org slash podcast.